What is happening, Wes? Thank you so much for dropping by today, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. No, I, I you know, I thank you so much. This is this is great. Uh, Wes, tell the people at home a little bit about who you are in the hobby. How long you've been in the hobby? What it is you collect? What you enjoy? Uh, like most people, uh, I came in. I reintroduced myself into the hobby over uh, the the pandy, as they say. The uh, just trying to stay away from the Rona and. Uh, Decided that, I mean, I've collected things all my life. Uh, it was sports cards in the in the 90s. It was um, comic books when I was younger. Um, and then uh, after that, I started collecting music and pop art posters and stuff like that. So um, when I kind of ran my course on all of those things, I decided I, I would periodically buy the singles of, of, of players that I loved or... Um, uh, a pack once in a while at Target or Walmart if I happen to see one, especially hockey. Um, when you say periodically, mm -hmm. you know, it's once in a blue moon over the last 30 years, or is it yes. like only, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, like once a year, if I was just like, uh, you know, walk past the section and I'm like, oh, look, you know, whatever, there's a pack of football, right. I'll go ahead and yeah, grab yeah. that and just see what's what. And I, I'm a football junkie and I'm a hockey junkie. So I always keep up with those players and those sports. And we'll, we'll have one thing to talk about anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah so. so like when you got those, I guess, itches to buy a pack or to buy a single player, was it because like, well, I guess with a single player, it's probably more like this, but like, was it because like you knew there was like somebody interesting in that year's rookie class or was it just like, it's ten dollars to sit in there. Let's rip a pack, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, t I, I'm a huge fan of the, a lot of the '90s baseball stars in the '80s and '90s. So, I was a fan of Cal Ripken and Kirby Puckett and Tony Gwynn. And so, Jeff Bagwell. Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. I'm a, I was a Rangers fan growing up, and so oh, like I'm Houston so sorry. Just, it's a hard life. Yeah, well, yeah. it is a hard life. <laughs> um, it, uh, the. <laughs> <laughs> the, the absolute joy of watching Houston win anything is, is lost on me. Um, but uh, as a kid, I loved those players. And so periodically, I would just be farting around on eBay and just decide, you know what? I'm going to buy that Cal Ripken rookie card that I could not afford as a child. Mm -hmm. And then I, now that I have a son, um, I was like, maybe I'll just you know stick these away. And who knows? Maybe two, maybe that 82 Fleer Cal Ripken will, will circle back around one day and be worth more than Three dollars yep. or whatever I spent on it, ten bucks. And then, uh, yeah, if I was walking through Target, um, or if I was just out and about, and I would randomly see an old card shop, I would just kind of stop in and just see like what mm -hmm. what what's on fire right now. And I would never ever spend serious money on it during that time. Um, but I, yeah, I would rip a ten dollar pack or or less, you know, five bucks, and just see what's right. Going. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but you know, things. When I left the hobby in the mid '90s to when I got back into it in the last two years, were drastically different. Like those, those <laughs> late '90s and early 2000s, I would go back and look at some of that product, and I'm like, an autograph, a pack, what is that? that yeah, is magic. Yeah, you know? absolutely. You know, because back then it was like you get boxes, and be like, well, not in the late '90s, early 2000s, you get boxes, and it's like 
look for autographs, look for memorabilia. And you were hoping in a whole box you'd get one, you know, one big hit. Right. And you'd be like, yes, you know. But now, yeah. yeah, the packs are their own box. I mean, it's crazy how, I guess, how much the top end of the hobby's taken off where, like, you've got these, you know, I don't know the prices, guys, $5,000 single mm -hmm. packs that's got four cards in it, you know. It, right. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. And today I I was I went to a trade night at a local card show. Uh, shout out to um, Lucky 7, new shop here in Austin. But um, And and did a trade and had some store credit and was looking around at the boxes. It was like 150 bucks, and I was kind of looking around and I was like, what makes me want to spend $150 on mm -hmm. there's, there's not any. I ended up settling on something. But, you know, I didn't feel good about it at the time. So. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the new wax, like, at all. Like, I think it's so bad. I think it's just, I think you're throwing away money buying it. And yep. then what I've actually started doing a little bit, and no one actually, this you'll be one of the first ones to know this. Uh, I've been looking at a lot of 90s wax football stuff. You got to be careful buying this stuff because a lot of it bricks. So you need to watch mm -hmm. videos of people opening it. If you're going to buy this stuff, you need to make sure this product doesn't brick or it hasn't bricked. But I, I think I would like to open a box once a month on the channel because this stuff in the 90s, like, you can get, I mean, you can get fun box rips. Like I just bought a box of Bowman Chrome 99 for 120 bucks. And I'm like, there's real wow. hits in that box. You know, like if yes. you got a Manning refractor, like through the roof, you know? Oh yeah. A hundred percent, hundred percent. And that's something you're going to hold on to, or you're going to rip that? No, I'm going to rip it. I have, I, okay. I want to rip like one box a month on the channel. And I think like, I want to do fun rips. I don't want to rip prism blasters or prism, whatever. I don't care about this stuff, but I think a box yeah. of 99 Bowman Chrome you know, it's super nostalgic to me. And also there's a chase, you know, there could actually be a big hit, you know, obviously we're not going to get that, but you know, it could be there. So. <laughs> hey, you never know, you know, that's why you yeah. kind of roll the dice on things like that. If you don't mind me asking, how much was the, how much was the box? Yeah, it was 125. So. Oh, that's, see, I would have absolutely spent $150 in credit I had. Exactly, right? Instead of, yeah. instead of what I bought. Um, I actually bought a box of 91 Upper Deck Football for, I don't know, 20 bucks the other Did day. Just 91? Yeah, that's 91. cool. Yeah, 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 which the only pull out of that are is Favre's rookie card. Right. Um, but it was just fun to rip that. Everything in it was junk. Not Nothing was any good. Everything was super off center or, or damaged. But yep. It was fun. I bought a, um, I did buy a box. I spent $89 on a box of 96 Stadium Club because I was chasing a Ray Lewis rookie card. Oh, sure, yeah. And, and, uh, and, Brian Dawkins. I, I liked both of those players. Um, Did you get that and, box yet? Yeah, I, I ripped that a couple months ago, and I hit three or two of both. And so oh, very nice. Per perfectly happy with with that outcome. And it wasn't you brick. Know. No, it was it was actually in really good shape. I might be buying but, me a box of '96 Stadium Club. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I like that. That sounds pretty good. How much it did the box fun. cost? Excuse me. Uh, it was uh, like $89, I think. Oh, yeah. I'm buying yeah. one. There's no question. All right. February's <laughs> rip. <laughs> it's going to be 96 yeah. Stadium Club. <laughs> and if you could get that Ray Lewis, uh, either the, I think it's the high series, the, the second series. If you can get that Ray Lewis centered and in good condition, and the same for the Dawkins. Uh, I think one of them I sent off to SGC came back at nine, but they damaged it in encapsulation. So they ended up buying it from me. And so, you know, I made my, my box money back just on that. I mean, that's cool that you got your money back, but it sucks that they damaged the card. But if you wanted to sell it, I guess it all worked out. Yeah. And it, that was the extra one. So, you know, I still have one. And then I, I used some of that money to turn around and buy a, a Dawkins uh, Tops uh, Finest. It worked out. Man, I like I collecting, like it, man. I like I like collecting players on, on teams I hate. That it's, it's a weird little 
self-hating thing. It's a surprise I never collected Jeff Bagwell. Um, <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because, you know, I talk about I grew up a Cowboys fan, you know, then the Texans, you know, started and it's whatever. I've always been a Cowboys fan and um, they're just my number two now. But like I always loved the Eagles in the 90s and 2000s. I loved Donovan McNabb, Deuce mm-hmm. Staley, Todd Pinkston, Freddie Mitchell. Like I liked those teams, man. And so, like, I, I know what you mean. Like, I always feel dirty buying a Donovan McNabb rookie, but I'm like, I can't help it. Like, I like Donovan McNabb. Yeah. Yeah, I'll collect. I never liked Donovan McNabb, but like I said, I keep mentioning Dawkins. I, I was a huge fan of Brian Dawkins. Well, yeah, Dawkins. Awesome and uh, Troy Vincent, too, right? Yeah, he was awesome, too. Uh, yeah. I do have a couple of his uh, Dolphins rookie cards, actually. Nice. Uh, from the 91 or 92 Skybox. But, yeah, those are uh, – that that's my my tertiary collection is is Hall of Fame players on teams I hate. Well, let me ask this though, because well, for the people at home, if you can't see behind them, I see there's two Stallbacks sitting up on a shelf. That's a '72 Topps rookie and another '72 rookie. That's a big head die cut. That's a freaking awesome card. Yes. So you're a Cowboys fan. A hundred percent. Yeah. Do you have any Redskins or uh, Washington Football Team players in your collection? Uh, Champ Bailey is pretty much it. Uh, I do have a John Riggins rookie, but he's in a Jets uniform. So yeah, that's that's I, fine. That's acceptable. That's acceptable. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think. I never liked Clinton Portis. Um, really? I, I thought, yeah. Oh, I thought man. Champ Bailey was awesome. Um, uh, Lavar Arrington, I always thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, he didn't turn out to be to be much, but um. Uh, he had a he had a reasonable NFL career. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, what was he number two or three overall? But yeah. yeah, you can't really complain about that. Sean Taylor too. Yeah, Sean Taylor was fantastic. I almost bought one of a refractor that somebody was selling of his a rookie refractor the other day. Yeah, I didn't end up pulling the trigger. Um, I, I thought Sean Taylor was a great player, but you know, I think it's one of those like, um, they when somebody goes too soon and they give, you know, they kind of laud the player they could have been oh yeah so i I think he gets a lot of credit he looked like he was going to be like the next generational defensive back in the nfl and then just the era aura aura around him like the when lavar errington put that pie in his face and he liked to kill lavar errington and then (laughs) you know he basically killed the guy in the pro bowl like when you do stuff Mm -hmm. like that like that's a little bit of folklore a little bit of legend you know and it builds it up 100 up you know so yeah but, and yeah, but I think of the three NFC East teams, not counting the Cardinals uh, from the 90s being in the NFC East, but uh, I probably have the least amount of Redskins just because, ew. Exactly. Um, that's why I asked because I know the Redskins, that's the one like the Giants and the Eagles, yeah, you hate them, but they're tolerable. Yeah. But the Redskins fans, yeah, these people. Yeah. Like <laughs> Eli Manning, just to switch to the Giants real quick. Yeah. Eli Manning uh, was you know, sort of a, a personal nemesis. Uh, I, I, I've always thought Tony Romo was better. I am biased. I'll fully admit that. But uh, I got I got respect that dude 100%. I think, you know, beating the Patriots twice in the Super Bowl and yeah. something. So I do collect some Eli Manning stuff once in a while. And, and that's a player, like, guaranteed Hall of Famer, super cheap. Oh, yeah. You know? And that feeds right into, like, your, your sort of Hall of Fame collection, like these guys that are legends cost nothing to own. Yep. And I think that's that's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I, like, 
if you think about the stories of the NFL, you know, you think about stories of sports, like could you tell the story of the NFL without players? And certainly I think players that you couldn't tell the story without them, like I think are important to have in your collection. And I actually think Eli, because he beat Brady twice, is a big deal. Like I think that's mm-hmm. somebody like you should have in your collection because his two he, he didn't just happen to win two Super Bowls, which is a huge deal. He yes. beat the Patriots twice. You know, it's a, yeah. that's a really big deal. And he beat arguably the best team of all time. They were going to go 18-0, and and if it weren't for the Tyree catch, they were. And, yeah. and we would never hear the end of it, ever. And now, and and yeah, they're 17-1. So, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I think I think the, the, the benchmark is, can you tell the story of the NFL without, with, without the story of that player? And I think that's an excellent benchmark for all. And see, poor Romo, and I love Romo too. Mm-hmm. Romo's, that's the Cowboy quarterback that I love. You know, I love him more than Aikman because that's who I grew up on. And he's not going to get the love. I mean, he had the skill, the injuries cost them, and then the blunders, you know, the handful of blunders he had in, in big moments, yeah. um, you know, it's going to ruin him. Honestly, like dropping that that uh, snap in Seattle, that yeah. <laughs> ruined him, man, from like a legacy standpoint. Like people just could never get over that. Yeah. And I, yeah, that's and that's a really sad thing. I think he was a fantastic quarterback. I think Eli Manning, Philip Rivers, and Tony Romo are all just sort of lumped together. I think individually they were all great, but um, only one of them ever succeeded. And I would argue yeah. that Eli only succeeded because his defense was like, "We got this." You know? Now he did make that spectacular throw and catch and the bubble gum. Yeah, but and the, yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. But it, yeah, and and. As far as Romo's legacy and stuff goes, I think, um, you know, Jerry Jones said it best when he was wasted drunk that Tony Romo was a miracle. And he really was through, through those years of the Cowboys. Yeah, I don't understand it. Everyone loves to hate on Romo, but I'm like, he's got the same story as Brady. He is even like Brady. Brady was a, a top. I mean, he went to one of the top, you know, one of the premier football colleges, Michigan. Yeah. You know, at the time it was a big deal. You know, Brady, uh, uh, Romo's from some podunk school. In Illinois, and then he goes on seventh round or undrafted. Undrafted, yeah, undrafted. He doesn't Mm -hmm. even get drafted, and he goes on to have nearly, nearly a Hall of Fame career. It's not going to be Hall of Fame, but you know, Hall of Very Good. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. I guess. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And it's funny, but uh, I think, uh, and I'm sure somebody will correct me in the comments, but Romo cards are more collectible than Eli Manning cards are. Well, I think that that's probably true because he's got a very limited, um, rook, you know, rookie set of cards to choose from because he was yeah. undrafted. And really, it would he's probably got more cards than he should because he was signed by the Cowboys, right? right. If he wasn't signed by the Cowboys, he's not in as near as many sets. But you've got the SP signature, that's his big one, the auto one, mm-hmm. which is a beautiful card. Uh, the yeah. Bowman Chrome, that's really the next big chase card. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, there's some other stuff too. I think he's in SPX, and there's some other ones, but it's, yeah. You look at Eli, he's in every product, he's in every insert. They probably made some Eli specific product, you know, he's right. in everything. He's number one overall, so he got all the. All the, all the I actually, um, my good friend Schwartz, he's a good, he, he's, he's the reason I'm a Cowboys fan. Him and his dad are huge Cowboys fans. Mm-hmm. And last year for Christmas, uh, I bought him like a Tony Romo collection that I, I kind of put together for him. I thought nice. it was nice. I thought it was kind of cool because Romo's 03 rookie, right? The, his first tops card is 2005 uh, tops turkey red, and he, he's also on tops heritage. I think that year. Okay, and I didn't so, know that. Yeah, it's really random, right? I looked him up. <laughs> and I'm like, That's actually kind of cool, you know. You could get him pretty cheap, 
And then I bought yeah. him every Topps Chrome card of Tony Romo. That's like fantastic, like, dude. Yeah. You know, it's a super you know, nice gift. <laughs> if you ever so decide cheap, you know? need to, yeah, if you ever decide you need to put a gift together for me, you just start there. <laughs> I was trying to think of something cool, you know, and I'm like, no one buys Tony Romo, but we grew up on Romo. We love Romo. Mm -hmm. Demarcus yeah. Ware is another one. Marcus Spears, you, you know, all the guys, Patrick. Yeah, Creighton. Yeah. Oh, Marion the Barbarian. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Marion yeah. Barber was a monster. Uh, Demarcus Ware is, is one of my PC collections. I love defensive players, dude. That's a hundred percent what I pretty much go after. And uh, getting his like contenders autos, his upper deck stuff. I just, fawn all over that I, i've never been able to land any of his tops chrome refractors um but you know someday someday i'll get there i have one that i probably bought in 06 <laughs> i've for, had it, i've had it for forever I, I never got rid of it and i mean i love demarcus I, i'm with you man i love defense too you know this is one of my favorite cards revis oh, Ware, and, and willis right there that is sick and that that's is sick. yeah i mean I've, this is another one this is 09 i probably had this since 010 010 since 2010 and I graded it, and I don't whatever, man. I'm with you. Is I that love, an SGC nine? Yeah, it's a well, it's a auto ten, and it's a mint plus nine five. That's awesome. That's yeah. a fantastic card. I would I would kill for that. There's two Hall of Famers on it, and I didn't see who it was in the Jets. Oh, Revis. That's three Hall. Oh, of Famers. oh, three Hall of Famers. Yeah, yeah you can't get that card at yeah, all. Yeah, man. That's a that's why I loved it because that's why I never got rid of that card or never like wanted to get rid of it because I mean it's number to twenty five. It's literally like my three favorite defensive players, and they're all like, you know, the generational talents there. I mean, maybe you could have Peppers on there or whatever, but I oh, mean, yeah. like, no question Hall of Famers, you know. Oh, 100%. And that it, it's a beautiful card and a 9-5. That's fantastic. Yeah. I would fall all over myself to try to buy something like that. What 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 is so – because I'm with you. I love defense too. You know, no one else does. You know, there's a couple yeah. of us that do. But, you know, what about it is so appealing to defense, do you think? Uh, you know, I think – as they say, defense wins championships. And I think we give all of the credit to the quarterbacks, but your defensive ends, your cornerbacks, your generational players, um, or your linebackers, just they can wreck a game. So they can impact the game so much quick, so much faster mm -hmm. than a quarterback can, you know? Um, and don't get me wrong. Like quarterbacks are fantastic. I do collect quarterbacks mm -hmm. as well. Um, but I, I think if you have an absolute game wrecker on the other side of the ball um, that just can can hammer that quarterback, you know, there's just something very aggressive and appealing about, you know, somebody going after the offense and just ruining their day. <laughs> I dig it, man. Yeah, yeah, well, on defense, you know, it's like if this guy just makes one crucial play or two, that's the difference between winning and losing the game. And so, like, when a defensive player makes a big play, like it's a big deal. Right? It's a huge momentum shift, and it can, I mean, really, uh, uh, turnovers, I mean, they're just so important, right? Like, yes. Uh, Broncos, Panthers, Super Bowl, right? When they when they uh, get that fumble off a of cam and they get the ball mm -hmm. back, it's like it's just game's over at that point. You yep. know, it's just such a big deal. It's such a big momentum shift. Yep. Or, you know, Russell Wilson threw that interception at the goal line, you know? Oh, yeah, that, yeah. Just a huge play. That's why um, one of my – other PCs. My my three main PCs are Aaron Donald, TJ Watt, and Zach Martin, and of course Demarcus Ware. But they're not making any product of him. So, um, but the, yeah, three of those, three of those four, uh, yeah, three of those four 
are uh, defensive players and they are game wreckers, just absolute game wreckers. And the other one's an offensive lineman and at that, an interior offensive lineman. <laughs> right. Yeah. I've, I, I've always liked, uh, I, I like offensive linemen too. I, I don't think they get enough uh, credit as well. They get zero but, credit. So, so no. <laughs> but I knew I wanted to collect, I was either going to go after Tyron Smith or Zach Martin. And uh, I feel like Zach Martin is the best guard of this generation. And I felt like that, that was an easy play. And so I have been collecting his Chrome Rainbow. I'm two cards away, um, but I don't think I'll ever get them. But I, I have found other replacements to fit those those missing mm-hmm. spots. But I, I'll buy Zach Martin autos, or I won't buy tens just because it doesn't make no sense. point. Yeah, yeah. A PSA nine or a, a BGS nine of Zach Martin, I'll buy all day. Yeah, I dig it. You know, I mean, I love that stuff. You know, I, I'm big on Zach Martin. I actually think he's a great buy right now. His 2014 mm-hmm. Tops Chrome stuff, I think it's a great buy because he's going to haul. There's no question. Mm-hmm. And if you can get some of that stuff in a PSA 9 or better and just hold on to it for 10 years, I guess, yeah. when he hauls, that stuff is going to go up yep. quite a bit. Yeah. And I also and think I have it in got, a little oh, play case up here that, that I it's just full of Zach Martin stuff. Well, try to send me a picture of that and see if I can edit it in so people can see it. That'd be cool. We'll do. We'll do. Um, I also think you got three Hall of Famers in the middle of that Cowboys line there, you know, for a little bit of time. I think Tyron, Zach Martin, and Frederick probably all end up going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, I think Frederick was probably on that path given his all-pro uh, credentials. I don't know that he'll get it just because like, the yeah. Guillain-Barre syndrome took him out and he just couldn't do it anymore. But um, Yeah. I think he was well on that track. But I, I think Tyron and, and Zach are, are locks. So. Uh, I'm sure Paul roasts me in the chats whenever this gets posted, but like, I don't know. I think Frederick's going to get in, especially because when guys' careers are cut short because of stuff that like is out of their control, like I think, you know, they get some, I don't want to call it sympathy votes, but almost like respect votes. Like, yeah, you know, you were on the path. It was pretty clear you were going to be a Hall of Famer. And then something, right. you know, out of anyone's control, you know, took you away from it. Right. I think yeah, Terrell I mean, Davis is like the, the, the poster child for that. Right. Yeah. You know, and I feel like Frederick did it long enough, but who knows or whatever. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. You can never tell from one year to the next. They, he, he may not be. And, and his, his post-football career might be something that gets him additional attention. I think he's, he's playing like Dungeons and Dragons with Miles Garrett or something right now. The last thing I saw. So, what? Yeah. I saw oh. some of him. And, <laughs> I guess Miles Garrett is real big into D&D. And, uh, mm. so, and he was playing with uh, Fred Beard and somebody else i don't remember that's kind of funny yeah that's actually really funny well speaking of do you have any joe thomas in the collection yeah uh yes i do actually i i I also collect uh joe thomas autographs so if you give me a second i can pull yeah yeah, he's another guy that i think was a generational uh talent oh no question so just got They pissed away his career in Cleveland. Oh my God! Can you imagine spending your the, the best years of your life in Cleveland? So I have this uh, RPA Joe Thomas RPA. Go. Yeah, uh, and then I have this uh, an uncirculated uh, Bowman Chrome. Oh, very uh, nice card. Those are the two. And then I I uh, there's a there's a shop here in town that had tons of like uh, football rookie stuff. Um, they just have a gigantic 5,000 count box of football rookies. So I would just go in there, you know, 
three or four days a week and just flip through the box. And I found probably a half dozen uh, Topps Chrome refractors of his. Wow. So, Dang. yeah. And uh, like a buck a piece, you know, because they, they didn't care to go through those boxes anymore. And so I would just spend my, you know, an hour or two uh, flipping through I mean, People it. are probably laughing that you're buying offensive linemen, but I mean, that's, all of those are going to be $10 minimum at some point. And if they're not already, I mean, Joe Thomas is no que- no question a Hall of Famer. And yep. I, some people are just dumb and wait to buy the car till after he, he hauls, I guess. I, I don't know why you would, but yeah, I mean, the cards are going to go up. There's no question. Well, so, you know, I've bought and sold on eBay, and I would say probably half of the stuff I sell goes to Ohio, um, mm-hmm. oddly. And I, the, I, I probably kept three or four of the, of the tops chrome refractors and i sold all the others for 40 plus dollars a pop a couple 40 plus and every single one of there them went go. to ohio yeah. yeah and so it was that was an easy an easy deal and i'm not a flipper uh you know i i do it here and there if there's something that i feel like um i can turn around on easily and i don't mind getting rid of but um yeah just it's yeah. it's that's easy this is an idea i'm kind of been working on i know i gotta i'm gonna have some com- content over this for the next month but this idea that i'm not a flipper right but because I'm there with you, right? Like I'm 100% there with you, but I still do like winning, right? Like there's yeah. something about it because, you you know, I talk so much about being disciplined and you're buying, but I, I'm not. I buy all sorts of shit. I bought a Shane Flacco mm-hmm. card. I mean, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, you know, like I buy all sorts of shit. But part of it is, it's just like, I think that's a good deal, you know? And you right. hope it goes up over time and you hope you make a little bit of money off of it. But at the same time too, you don't really care because you're just happy that it went up and you won. I don't right. know. It's, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I thought... Neo said something a couple of months ago that uh, kind of resonated with me because I was hoarding stuff, right? And I was like, I, w- I had bought a bunch of, I bought like three or four Trayvon Diggs uh, rookie autographs. Nice. For 15 or 20 bucks a, a piece in the off season. As a Cowboy fan, I, I do like to do that. I'll, I'll buy them. And I, okay. and I, I bought like a, his Contenders Optic color match blue short print to 50 or 49. Wow. For, for $24 or something. And then the other day after he got his ninth interception, I was like, why am I holding on to this? So I sold it for a hundred dollars, hundred plus dollars. And I was like, I can buy that again later. For sure. I need take the win and just, I, yeah. In two years I'll be able to buy all the Trayvon did. I want. Yep. Ne- Neo's expression is they let you buy it back. That's, that's right. That's yeah. I agree with them a hundred percent. And that's why, unfortunately I got a little bit of hoed with that, but you know, I <laughs> growing up when I did from, you know, in the hobby from 99 to now, I learned that early, you can always buy them back. So I always just sold everything. If I had a hot right. card, I just sold them, you know, I'll get them back later. Well, you know, it turns out you can't do that in 2018 and buy them back in 2021. It's, it's a little bit no. more difficult, <laughs> but hundred percent. Yeah. But I still think moving forward, they will let you buy them back and it's going to be fine. But yeah. Yeah. And and I think the way the printing presses are running right now, it's going to be even easier for us to buy those things back. And you know, I'm unless, not, yeah. go ahead. No, I'm just not touching any of this new stuff. It's just I just don't see the point. But yeah. All right. So some technical difficulties. Well, not really. I just had some food and some beer show up. We have a beard now. Blood Honey Revolver. It's like 700 calories a can. Let's do it. We were talking about Micah Parsons. So you were saying Micah Parsons is the one you would buy. Uh, you want to continue with that thought? Yeah, so at, he's the the one person in 2021 that I'm I'm really interested in buying. None of these quarterbacks do anything for me. I guess maybe Justin Fields eventually, but um, 
yeah, I mean, as we were talking about game records, I, I don't think there's any bigger impact from a defensive player this year, uh, short of T.J. Watt and Miles Garrett, uh, like Michael Parsons has been. And I think that's a that's yeah. an easy play. And I'm probably going to overpay, but as a Cowboy fan, I'm not going to care. You know? Yeah, that's the one part. Like, I'm with you 100%. I want Parsons in my collection so bad. And it's yeah. going to cost a lot of money, and you have to look at it and say, can I get it three years from now for you know significantly cheaper? And the answer is we don't know. Like that's right. one Neo actually could just be wrong on about they let you buy it back because mm -hmm. if he does this for another year and then another year, forget about it. Though you will never see these prices again because he's a cowboy. The Cowboys are in their own realm of of how rules apply because they have such an avid fan base in the card market. That, I mean, like their their cards go for multiple times probably what they should. You know, for how good the like if you have a player, you know, and you had a basically an equal player on a different team, the Cowboys player will go for four X, even though they're right. the same good, you know. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I think uh Devin White is probably a good comp for uh for Michael Parsons, mm -hmm. although he's not as big a pass rusher. And I think that your your theory exactly uh you know shows itself because you know, while Devin White is sort of popular, he plays for the Buccaneers and ultimately nobody's gonna care about him in yeah. five or six years, even if he is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, but yeah, the, I, I w I'm all over a Micah Parsons RPA if I can get my hands on one. Well, and what you s said with Trayvon, I actually think that set contenders optic. I think that set is super slept on. I think those cards are beautiful. I think they're great auto cards to get into. It's an optic card. It's yep. you know nice shine to it. It's got a nice autograph. They're usually mm -hmm. numbered, you know, very nice. And the coloring, I actually really like the way they do the parallels. They look very nice. Love that set. I agree with you. And they're thicker and they grade well. Yep. Oh, great points. Great points. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just, I, I think those are awesome. Those were outside of my, my, my COVID price range. Um, but you know, now obviously that, that hype is kind of dying down and that set is coming down with it. So you can get those relatively. Yeah. The Trayvon was a great play. And I was just looking at some of those. This was a couple of months back. Funny enough, I was texting Neo about it because I was like, dude, I think these are super like undervalued because like, they're just beautiful cards, man. Yeah. And I think as we keep going through this, because, you know, we just talking about don't touch the modern stuff. I think that if you're going to touch it, you have to be real selective. And I think that I could see that set. We come, you know, 10 years from now, we look back and we say that set was beautiful and it's really <laughs> sought after. And there's not very much of it. Yep. I yeah. agree. Yeah. Those boxes were so small and there were so few just cards individually. So you just have to do that stuff, you know. And those are on card too, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah. And it's real pretty. Yeah. yeah. I, I think about the Trayvon Diggs. I was, I was, when he got his 10th interception today, I was like, <laughs> but you know, short of winning defensive player of the year, when am I going to make that kind of play? There's nowhere to go for him, but, but down for him. Uh, he may win Depoy though. Right. I, I mean, it's possible. I, I think, uh, I think TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, Aaron Donald, and Micah are just too far ahead. I think he's that fifth person though. You know, um, it, if, if he got the if he got the interception record, if he got 15 interceptions overnight train lane, uh, then I think I think he Man, would win as a player. That game. would be wild, wouldn't it? My yeah, goodness, five, five ints in three games does not seem possible. You know, it's so crazy. I don't know how to explain this. You know, I'm a Texans fan first. There's no question, but I definitely root harder for the Cowboys. I think it's because my boy and his dad are they're such avid Cowboys fans. You know, mm -hmm. and I, I'm like I'm not that passionate about the Texans. So, like, I get so much joy out of them being joyful about it. And I say all that because, like, 
I really enjoy collecting phenomenal Cowboys players, you know, yeah. from the modern era. Like, there's just something about it I really like. And Trayvon's one I would love to have. And I don't know. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I, I think that, yeah, collect what you want, right? That's, yeah. that's, what, that's what we're is another one there, too. Yeah, the LVE, I do like LVE a lot. He's a, he's a good dude. And uh, I, I don't think his neck, he's not going to be long for this. It's not going to be great. Yeah. I, that's another one I gave to my friend, uh, Schwartz. That's his name, Schwartz. But uh, we were at a car show in Dallas, and I freaking found a LVE zebra rookie out of Select for 20 bucks, dude. I was nice. like, what? Yeah. Uh, two years ago, that would have been an awesome card. And I, st I would still collect it, you know. That would. Be I think it's awesome card. still because the zebras right. are so rare, you know. I mean, right. I don't know, Those twenty awesome. bucks. Ah, that seems too yeah. cheap, especially at a Dallas card show. I mean, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was just uh, at the Dallas card show, the smaller one, uh, earlier this month, and um, the, the we were talking about the modern stuff, and everybody's going crazy about kabooms, and there were so many kabooms in every single case. And I thought, people are ripping all of this absolute to, to hit these kabooms. And even at the trade night I went to last night, you know, there were people with six or seven kabooms trying to, you know, trade them. And I was, I just thought, they're awesome cards. They're great. Kids love them, which is a, a big deal. But man, they, there's so many of them this year. It's, it's crazy. It's wild, man, and it's funny <laughs> that you say it because I went to uh, the the Dallas show. That what was the last one I went to. Was it August? I think I went and um, I met up with some, some of my friends in the hobby and stuff. And they were saying, yeah, I'm looking for some kaboom stuff at the beginning. That was the beginning of the show. We meet again at the end of the show. And he's like, I'm never buying kaboom. He's like, it's in every case. Everybody has it everywhere. He's yes. like, it, people don't understand how heavily this is printed. It's not the same as 2014 kaboom. You know, it's way yep. different now. It's carrying that name. But eventually, eventually the hobby is going to figure out it doesn't have the same scarcity you know, not even close, and that's yep. going to hurt the product. And maybe we see like where with select, when you hurt the modern product, it hurts the previous product too. A hundred percent. Yep. I agree with you. Uh, uh, the only thing that is going to save this year's kabooms is if you can get a 10, a nine, nine and a half, BGS nine and a half or a 10. Anything without the print line, people are, are going gaga for, but mm -hmm. everyone I saw, I saw a gold TJ Watt last night that didn't have the print line um and but all of the other i saw brady i saw um kyle pitts and a couple of others and every single one of them had a, had a print line. were those on ebay auctions last night no that was just at the trade show i was at oh at the, at the, at the local car show. show yeah i yeah, just yeah. went to a trade show and, and uh the, everybody Holy smokes <laughs> you, you just said you saw a gold tj Watt and a brady kaboom at a local show Yes. My yep. goodness. Not even That's a local crazy. show. It's just the, the card show down the or the card shop down the street. Uh, they hosted a trade night, and there was probably, I don't know, thirty people there, and there was a lot of kabooms in the house, a lot. And one of them was that TJ, the gold TJ Watt that the guy had pulled in there, um, which obviously caught my eye, but not it. I think. You know, I don't want to speak out of turn, but it was like thirteen hundred dollars what he was asking for it, and I was like, I like TJ Watt, but not not for thirteen hundred. I ain't gonna be married to TJ or nothing, you know. <clears throat> right. Let's talk. We're talking TJ Watt. We're talking Steelers. We're talking defense, which is it's a lot of fun. You know, you don't find too many people. Even if I find football collectors, I don't find too many that like defense quite as much. Um, you have any vintage defense that you enjoy going after? 
I do. Uh, I picked up uh, a Deacon Jones rookie card uh, at the Dallas show. That was, uh, you know, that man like revolutionized playing defensive end. Um, with that yeah, head if you give slap. the quarterback a concussion, if that's how you do it, you just <laughs> yeah. pop him in the head. It turns that's out right. a great play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just wonder how many careers that dude ruined uh, by slapping people in the head. <laughs> he right? The just I'm never sure ruined a ton. I'm sure just he ruined a, a lot of little leaguers too because they're clubbing their hands on guys' <laughs> that's helmets. Right. That's right. Just a one-man CTE crew. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I've been looking for one of those for a long time, and I, I have been eyeballing sixes and sevens are too far outside of my range, so I was I was eyeballing fives and for a long time, six months or so. And I finally just found a raw copy from a dude. It's not as centered as I would like it, but it's sharp otherwise. Um I can actually show it if, if uh, you want me to. Um, yeah, let's but... get it out. Let me see if I can get mine out, too, because I'd like to compare it. <coughs> Excuse me. Because kind of like you, I did some – it took me a little while to buy Deacon. You know, that's one that you, you cross off the list early, you know. Right. But they're just so hard to find in, like, a condition that I felt was acceptable. Um, mm -hmm. It was hard to get one. Yeah, they're very, very tough. It's that green border, you know. Um I can't remember if mine's graded or raw. Let's see here. Oh, here we go. Yeah, I got. Yeah, I bought a four. I ended up buying a four, and to me, mine looks great. It looks minty, but I think maybe it's a little out of focus. But some of these sets, they just are are out of focus. Yeah. So here's mine. Hold on. Let me put you up on the big screen. I just learned how to do this last night. My seventy five hour marathon live stream. There you go. There's Wes's. Yeah. So it's a little off center, but like I said, the corners are sharp. Color's good. The image is good. Here's another one that I picked up for like, I don't know, $2. It's a night train lane. Ooh. Very nicely centered. Good sharp corners. There's a small crease on the back, so it won't mint. But I think if I got like a five out of it, that would be a win. You know? Let me see if I can I find I was... my night train lane, man. I stole my night train lane. I was at the Dallas card show. I think it, it might have been that show I was just talking about. And I was walking around, and this guy has all this, like, new stuff in the case, you know, like all this 2019, mm -hmm. 2020 stuff. And I'm looking through, like, his value box, and out of nowhere, there's a legitimate Night Train Lane rookie in there. I'm like, what is happening, what? dude? Yeah, and I that got is... it for 20 bucks, man. I was like, nice. what? Here, I'll put, it, I'll put it up on the big screen so you can see it. That's 20 bucks. I was like, what is happening? That is fantastic. It's nicely centered. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. For $20? Obviously, that that night train lane that I have is not a not not a rookie, but yeah, you know, yeah. for whatever money I spent on it, I think those are just awesome buys, man. Like <clears throat> Deacon Jones is an all time great. Why why wouldn't I want a rookie card of his? Just absolutely. Are you putting together like an all all Hall of Fame NFL collection? I, I do. I am, and thanks to your, I like bringing this up, but uh, your spreadsheet of NFL Hall of Famers has been fantastically uh, helpful to me. Shout out um, to Paul. Paul did a lot of that writing. He did yeah. 80% of that work, probably, at least. That was oh, yeah. that is an amazing spreadsheet. As soon as I saw that and I started cruising through it, because you know, you go to a shop or you go to a store or um or a or a show, and there's these all you know, you sort of had this jumbled, or maybe this is me, you have this jumbled list of all these things that you want, and then right. you get in there and you are like, Did I want this? Did I already have this? And so being able to just check these off as I go uh, has been great. And um, yeah, so yes, to answer your question, yeah, long and a lengthy answer. I am collecting a Hall of Fame um, quarterback collection 
and defense defensive player collection. I'm not going to anything pre 1960, like <clears throat> like crazy like crazy legs Hirsch or or you know Newt Rockney. None of those things interest me yeah. at all. Excuse me, one That's second. <clears throat> Sorry. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, so um, I'm not, I like I enjoy I guess the history of really the hobby. That's really what got me excited about this because I'm like, oh, I could put this collection together and it's football and it's stuff I love. And yeah, there's yeah. some players in there I don't know from that era that's going to cost me a lot of money, but it's also teaching me a lot about the hobby, which I guess I care. I mean, you know, I make content about it. You know, I care about yeah. it. I mean, that's just how it is. So yeah. like, that's what that for me is where I guess I guess my I get my kicks on buying that older stuff. And yeah. then you can buy oddball stuff too to really. Cause like a lot of the 30 stuff that costs thousands of dollars, you can buy uh, matchbooks and, you know, instead of paying, you know, thousands, you know, you just pay 20 bucks or whatever. Oh, and nice. Yeah. So that's kind of how you kind of skirt that a little bit, you know? Yeah. I, I have found that buying vintage is sort of a weird minefield. Uh, I don't know if you've experienced this mean? or not. So going to a show and dealing with a vintage dealer is a lot tougher. <laughs> than it is buying not even ultra modern but like you know anything post 70s or 80s um they just have this and i guess because they've just been in it for so long um they're very my experience has been that some of them are very touchy you know and and they are quick to get a, a little um out of sorts when you when you ask them, you know, for a price on a particular card, or if you want to negotiate a little bit, you're you're very spot. It's very astute. Um, what am I looking for? Huh? Observation. Thank you. Yeah. Because they they are so when when you go to a vintage table, it a hundred percent of the time. This is this profiling. Yes, I don't give a fuck. It, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're old heads, and yes. that's fine. And but they are sticky, man. They they are sensitive about their prices i remember i went to one he's got a, a jerry rice i think it was like a psa six or a four or something and i looked up the last sales on ebay there's no question this is like a 60 dollar card and he i said you know he's like he's over there looking for comps and stuff on his phone and i'm like it's you know i got it on ebay right here i'm, just, I'm look i don't yeah. want to sit here for an hour while you try to figure <clears> out <throat> the card is worth you know i don't know mm -hmm. why it's not marked it's fine it, it is what it is this is what it goes for he said no that's not right and then he uses some tool. I don't know what it is. And he's like, it's $150. <laughs> You're, All right. Stop it. Fair enough. This is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Good. yeah. I'm glad Bye. you think so. Here's the thing I kept hearing, right? So uh, I, I don't like to, I like to comp things ahead of time. So I know what I'm, I'm willing to pay for something. And I'll just be like, hey, you know, what are you charging for this? And if it's so far above whatever my comp is, I'll just be like, thanks, you know, and, and mosey on. Um, but there is, uh, uh, Oh, man, I forgot where I was going with this. Hopefully you can edit this part out because I don't <laughs> It's fine. I just did it too. Yeah. <laughs> it's, in the, uh, it's in the room now. <laughs> yeah. My bad. But, uh, yeah, so I like to keep comps in my head, and um, so I'll ask a, a price, and they and I'll say, well, you know, eBay says it's XYZ, and they'll say, well, I don't look at eBay sold. I look for what what what's – what's listed right now, not for what it's sold for. And I kept hearing that over and over and over. And um, so I guess that is a thing is not, I'm not going to comp it at what it sells for. I'm going to comp it for, if you could buy it right now, this is what it would cost you. I'm gonna hold so the that's line. what I'm going to charge you. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. 
Yeah, I'm not crazy about that. I, I, I will say in general, and I'll give a shout out to uh, who's it, the great curator. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's phenomenal. I really enjoyed his content about like how to negotiate at card shows. It's really actually helped me a lot. You know, he's done mm -hmm. a lot more of it than I have and at a higher level, and it's great. And I love his phrase is, you shouldn't go up and ask how much or what's the price. You should go up and say, what do you value this at? And like, okay. oh, that's a great way to say it, right? It's very soft. It's, it's a great way to say it. I yeah. see. That's Yeah, that's a good idea. I, I'll have to try that next time I go to a show. Yeah. I don't go to shows that often um, mm -hmm. just because it doesn't fit into my schedule but yeah, i think you what could even, want to do you know working on ebay too because how many times you know somebody they don't take offers or whatever but the price is 3x what comps actually are but mm -hmm. you actually want to buy you know every once in a while you reach out to a guy you message him you say hey you know i'm interested in the car you know this is what comps right whatever yeah i mean i think you could you could work it in there too like hey what do you value the card at you know it's, it's come down since this point whatever so mm -hmm. just try to soften it i like it it's a, it's a good phrase to use yeah that is that is excellent. I'll have to try that next time. It does it it does feel nicer. You should also check out Kenny's collectibles once a month card show. I, Very I, good. I go to Kenny's relatively often, about once a week. Um, yeah. Oh, really? That's commute. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I've met some some interesting people there, and and they're very cool, and done some yeah. some trades and stuff. Um, yeah. So yeah, I like going to Kenny's. Uh, there's three shops in Austin now. Um, there's Kenny's uh, sports card sports traders. Card traders yeah, of Austin, like North Austin yeah. sports traders or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then the new one, which is the trade night I went to last night is lucky seven. And that's uh, uh, it's a great little shop and very nice and clean and big and, you know, cool. And, um, there's, uh, there's, there is a certain, some card shops you go into, it's like walking into a porn shop. You know, if you've ever, done How that do you know? what does that mean? How do you mean that? <laughs> you, they're just kind of dingy. And oh, yes. uh, almost smoke filled, and you know there's there's some shame lingering uh, in the atmosphere a little bit. Um, there's some shops, you know, when I travel or whatever, I'll I'll pop into a place and just see what it's like. And having a shop that is well put together, clean, um, organized. It doesn't even have to be clean. I don't care what the carpet looks like. Like make yeah. make things easy to see and make me want to go through it like i shouldn't have like i shouldn't feel like it's an imposition for me to ask to go through a box you know yeah you know it's this is pretty interesting i was just listening to uh josh luber who's going to be running the fanatic sports card company on um uh, sports cards nonsense and he said that they think that the local card shops are going to be really important moving forward which really surprised me because you know, I'm assuming they're going to take a little bit of a step back as we get a little bit more direct to consumer. But he likes local card shops because it builds the community, which I agree with. It's very good. What I would like to see from them, and what I, if they're smart, what I think is going to happen is they need to basically look at these local card shops and say, if you want product, you have to abide by these standards. You know, Ford did this with the, their dealerships. You have to abide by our prices. Right. Forget the prices. I want standards <clears throat> because I hate walking into these card shops, and the reason they have a business still is because they've got good relationships with distributors and they've let their shop go to hell. There's yep. there's like there's 17 square feet of area where you can actually walk because everything else is filled with trash and empty boxes and God knows what else. Yep. But because they get waxed, they're able to sit there and have a business because where the hell, where else are you going to buy hobby product from? A hundred percent, hundred percent. I love Kenny's. It is a fantastic shop. Kenny, the proprietor, great dude, very friendly. Um, uh, 
you know, and once, once every couple of months he goes through and he organizes things and, and redoes it. And I, I applaud that effort. Yeah. And I, I think your, 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 uh, uh, point about being up to a certain standard is a great idea. Yeah. I think Upper Deck kind of tried to do that for a while. I know they have a weird like um, relationship with some of their uh, vendors and stuff, and and there's some some rules about when you can sell a product, etc., and whether or not you can sell it online and all that kind of stuff. And that may be too far, but it would be um, Yeti Coolers does this. Did you know this? No, Yeti. I didn't know. <laughs> so Yeti will go into a shop and like decide whether or not they want to allow their product to be sold in that shop. Like you have to meet X criteria. And I think yes. I, I could see fanatics doing something like that. That's what I want to see that I, we need to punish these bad shops. I'm tired of them sticking around just because they have a mm -hmm. license to sell wax. I hate it. Yep. And if Luber and fanatic sees local shops as a key part of the community moving forward, they need to make sure they're a good part of the community. And not just yeah. a part kind of taking advantage of people because they have a license to sell wax. Uh, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I, and I think uh, some of the business practices, uh, I've heard complaints from the local guys about how Panini does it. You know, they'll they'll sell four cases of somebody to somebody, but then they say, oh, well, you only get two because we sold your other allotment to XYZ mm -hmm. or whatever. I don't know how accurate that is. Of course, that's secondhand, so I'm sure somebody will light me up if I'm incorrect, but. Um, I, that I have heard that more than once. I don't know exactly what the supply chain looks like, obviously for these guys, but to me, like I just, I mean, if I think fanatics is going to have a lot of direct to consumer. I also have, I hope they have direct to local shop. You know, there's no reason for us to have distributors. That's, no. that's an entire profit margin inserted into the supply chain for no reason. Why do we 100%. have this? Come on. Yeah. We're, we, it's not 1980. We don't need distributors. No. Ship it, yeah. man. What are you doing? Yeah. I think there's a lot of good things that come with the fanatics change. Uh, I'm not looking forward to actually dealing with fanatics because every time I have ever bought anything from them, it has been an absolute disaster. Um, well, like I buying no a hat experience. and waiting six months for it to come in. It, it, and it may be that way. I have no experience, but I will say that, you know, the actual company is not fanatics. It's fanatics trading card. It is the, it's a state like it's, it's, it's its own thing. Now, of course, fanatics can come in and say, this is how our corporate hierarchy works. This is how we do things. And this is how you're going to run it. Mm -hmm. I have got the feeling after listening to that Josh Luber interview that they're going to kind of do things the way they want to do them, right? Maybe not necessarily the way Papa Daddy Fanatics has done, but I, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'm not sure. You know, we'll yeah. see. I, I, I'm a stupid optimist. What do I know about anything? You know? Yeah, I, I think we want, we just want positive change. And, and we see this as an opportunity for something that we love to have positive change. And, you know, whether or not they actually follow through is, is going to be a whole different topic. But it, it's going to be a changing landscape and a, a brave new world that is it's going to be interesting. I, and it may drive a lot of people out and it may drive a lot of people in. We'll see. I don't know that they'll get up to 2020 levels of uh, engagement, but they sure do have an inside track on making sure that, that people will be engaged and want to buy these things. Yeah, I could definitely see where like their first year or two in are like the best one or two years we've ever seen, like we've ever seen in the hobby. I could see that because yeah. there's a lot of pressure on them to get this right. You have a lot of people right now who are like, I don't want to buy Fanatics branded product. You know, they just like, they. I'm just going to buy whatever is already existing. Like I'm, I will never buy modern cards, you know, that are being printed. 
And so I think there's a lot of pressure on fanatics to say, we have to win the hobby over too. We have to show them that we're here for them and you're going to want our product, you know? And so I feel like there's a lot of pressure and I feel like those years one and two, man, they may actually really put out some great stuff that people are going to want. And then I could see, I mean, then it goes one of two ways, right? Status quo and they maintain greatness. That'd be cool. Or, okay, we got people's buy-in. Now we just print to the moon, right? Who knows? Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. They're going to have to be buoyed by great rookie classes in all three of the major sports. Um, I think if you have dud rookie yeah. classes in those first couple of years, it's it's going to be a struggle. And I think, I think this year, both NBA and NFL and to a certain extent, MLB's rookie classes were very rather weak, all things considered, you know, um, whereas last year was, was a complete class, you know, and I, I think having that collectability and, and something for people to chase when fanatics comes into power is, is going to be such a, a huge key, you know? Yeah, I guess it could help them because they have all three sports. Now, this is assuming that they just use the same products across all three sports because then it's like, okay, there's this basketball product that's super hot. And then because of that, you know, it, it gets people kind of used to the product and then they just catch on because they're used to the product at that point. It's going to be a big deal, I think, mm -hmm. getting the the people used to whatever product Fanatics is putting out. You know, it's going to be a big change. I agree. The one thing I don't want to see is the exact same design across three sports. Don't do that. Don't make Panini Prism or, you know, for baseball, football, and basketball all look exactly the same. I, I, I think it's already a touch too much between football and basketball being hmm. extraordinarily similar. I, I, I really want different designs across all three. I guess I, I, I guess I agree and disagree. I think like maybe for the flagship, I kind of want to see it very similar. I okay. wouldn't mind small changes just to differentiate, but I actually like it being similar in the year because like, it's just kind of easier to tell when you go back in time, like you kind of know the years, but then that's I a fair would point. I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. With. Oh, yeah, I was go. just saying that's a very fair point. Yeah. I apologize. I didn't mean. To yeah, no, because we see it with football and baseball. If you go back like to the seventies and stuff, I forget now, this is something I had looked at before where like basketball, the tops that was doing its own thing every year. And those cards looked freaking awesome by the way, in the seventies. Mm -hmm. And then baseball and, and football were kind of using the same thing. And it was cool because then I can switch back and I know which year it is. And that's kind of nice. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, I'm looking at basketball and I'm like, why didn't they just do what basketball was doing? It was so cool, you know. But yeah. anyway, but but I do agree, though. I think with, outside of those flagship products, yeah, I want to see a football-specific design and a baseball-specific design. I agree with that for sure. Yeah. And I don't think we need, like, we don't need 45 different sets for each individual year. You get I it, would man. be perfectly happy with, let's do 10, right? And even that's a lot. Um, but if you're coming into this hobby um, and you want to collect, I don't know, uh, 2026 Rookie of the Year, and he has 847 rookie cards, then I don't know what, how that benefits anybody, you know, long term. Uh, Wes, you're a brilliant man. I am 100% with you on this. The, my deep dive into Pokemon and why I was so ecstatic about it, excited about it, was because of this idea. Because what I learned was Pokemon cards are going to hold value for a long time because that's been around for 25 years and there's only 90 sets. Right. These, these sports cards manufacturers are producing 30 sets a year right now. And so every three years, there's as many sets. You know, if you look at LaMelo cards, 
LaMelo from 2020 through 2022 will have more sets and more cards than Charizard has had in 25, 28 years. That's wild. You know? And yeah, so when you think about it like that, it's crazy. And then when you take that a step farther, it's like, oh, that's why cards don't retain value in sports like some Pokemon cards have done so well with, because it, it, you, you allow people to collect what they want, but now you've just divvied, you know, divvied it up. And so now people aren't concentrated on buying that one specific one. You look at 72 tops is funny enough. Uh, the stall back back there. Now you actually have two. He did have two. And then the pro action yet, or the, uh, which I also, three. yeah, I have all yeah, three. So, but you, if you want to stall back rookie, it's one of three. Yeah. So those cards are always going to retain value because there's no options, you know, yes. But if he had 4,000, well, that's, that's a ridiculous number. If he had uh, 300 30. different rookie cards, yeah. you know, you would just say, screw it. I'll go get the cheap one for 50 cents, you know? And yep. yeah. I and think it's it the same, right? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. And I was just going to say, right. So my, the 30 cent rookie card for Justin Herbert is exactly the same as your, you know, National Treasures RPA. They're both rookies. Right. You know, yours just has an auto and a piece of cloth in it, but. I, and that's not to downplay those things. I, I would absolutely own a Justin Herbert RPA if I have a chance. But I, I do think that having only three rookies or one rookie of a particular player is is it's not something that's going to happen again. But I, I think that's a much better way to to collect. You know, I can I can in my mind's eye I can see a you know a Roger Staubach rookie card every time. I can right. see when someone says a Roger Staubach, you know what it is. <clears throat> Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. There's some I was going to ask you about the Pokemon. So yeah, um, I, I don't. Pokemon was after my time. I was I was in high school, I guess, when Pokemon came out. Um, but uh, so it was never a thing for me. And I know it's it's a big deal. It does it concern you at all that the most of the backlog at PSA is Pokemon cards? Like apparently twenty percent of the seven and a half million. This is um, it is what's left at PSA is all Pokemon. Um, I'm going to say, go ahead, Wes, finish it. Oh, I was just going to yeah. say that's, I don't know that how accurate that is. That's just what I've read and heard. So, you know, grain of salt. I think I heard Dustin say this, maybe we were on a live stream together and he said this, and I, I didn't look into it specifically, but it, I'm going to say it doesn't bother me just hearing that statistic because it makes sense to me where it's like all of Pokemon is co concentrated into one category, Pokemon, where sports right. are divvied up is different categories. But if you look at Pokemon point. versus sports, it's one to four, I guess, or uh, 20, yeah, 20 to 80, one to four, right? Okay. It, it's yeah, actually, yeah. you know, it's actually smaller than sports cards, but because we divvy up sports by sport, you know, then it looks like, oh, Pokemon, you know, that everything's Pokemon, you know? I, I see. Okay. No, that's, that's the very fair point. I think uh, that, and again, grain of salt here, but uh, somebody said that uh, a huge amount of the backlog is from one person overseas submitting Pokemon mm. to PSA. You know, and that's another good point, too, because when they put Pokemon on there, it just says Pokemon, but it should say Pokemon Japanese and Pokemon English because that's two right. different things. And okay. we should see that split, too, because maybe that's, you know, maybe it's 50-50 and that, well, now only 10% is actually Pokemon English, which is where most of the attention in that collection, in that uh, hobby is at. Okay. It, it may be different than that. Obviously, maybe it's 98% is English. I don't know. But I'm just saying, like, that was my thoughts on hearing the data and, like, why... I'm just going to be like, eh, you know, I don't know. It doesn't bother me. Just a blip. And yeah. yeah. I, the thing, uh, <laughs> I'm going to, I sound so old here, but like I was trying to, I've been trying to understand Pokemon for my son because he's into it this year for Christmas. And I bought him, How old I bought him a bunch. He's eight. Okay. 
um, so I bought him a bunch of, of boxes and starter packs, and I have no idea what I'm looking at, right? I, I understand, I, like, I vaguely know who Charizard and Squirtle are, but beyond that, like, don't quiz me. And um, I, I could see it, it's as confusing to understand what's good in a pack of Pokemon as it is probably for somebody trying to figure out all of the parallels in sports. Um, and, and so I just feel, it makes me feel like I have no idea what I'm looking at when I, when I try to figure out Pokemon and that maybe because I didn't grow up with it. Yeah. I mean, and it, it very well could be, I mean, I even struggle with it too. Cause you know, I, I grew up in first and second gen. And at that point, I guess there was probably 200, 400, I don't know, two to 300 Pokemon. And now there's like 600. Okay, well, once you move outside of those original like two to 300, like I'm kind of lost in the sauce, you know? Right. But I would say like, it's easy to tell big money cards because they're one of like three things. And it's either like a full art card where, you know, the art, you know, or when you think of a traditional Pokemon card, the hollow, right? So like, and then, so now you've got it down to, okay, I'm either looking for a full art card, card or the hollow. And then from there, it's like, just knowing the sets and knowing that there's like 10 good ones of each and just knowing what those are, you know, but I'm looking them up and stuff as I go, as I rip it. And some sets are different. Like there's a set out right now called celebrations. It's a really small set. There's only 50 cards. So it's real easy to know what, what you're looking for, right? There's just a, you know, three, four cards you're looking for to rip out of that. So, so, I mean, I was opening this stuff with my son for his birthday and uh, now we will for Christmas. And I was, I kept thinking to myself, well, I got to bring a pack of penny sleeves because I have no idea what's what. So I'm just going to have to sleeve all this stuff. You got to sleeve it all. Yeah. All right, buddy. Let's, uh, let's get the, and, and my wife sleeves them for him. And yeah. And I was just like, well, I, I don't know what I'm protecting here, but I throwing it at the wall and maybe we'll get lucky, but he wants to play with them. And yeah, that's what they're for. So literally just the hollows, right? The hollow sleeve, all those, the hollows. Okay. And then sleeve anything that's like a full art card that looks way different than everything else, right? Like, I mean, it's okay. really, you know, the art's taking up the whole border. It, you know what a Pokemon card looks like. Yellow border and then some yeah. sort of color in the image. All right, well, some of them, the whole card is an image, right? Sleeve okay. those, sleeve the hollows, and you can figure out the rest. And don't look anything else up, right? Just look those <laughs> up. The rest, you're fine. You know? I, I will take that advice to heart, and I will be eagle-eyeing to make sure he's not pulling some That was hot, That was the hardest fire. thing. Like, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Wes. No, it's, yeah. it's fine. That was the hardest thing for me. A year ago, I, I got back. In, it's funny. I'm getting back into Pokemon now. A year ago, I got back into baseball. And it was so – I hated ripping baseball because they gave me six rookies. I got to look them all up. I don't know who the hell I'm supposed to – You know, I don't know who's what's worth money. It's 10,000%. Not- <laughs> yeah. And and the, the thing that is really annoying about baseball is that the analytics and advanced metrics are the thing that really guide whether or not somebody's collectible or not. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, this dude hit like 320 with 40 home runs this year, that's great. And then you look and they're like, well, his, his war is only like negative four. So he's trash. He you know? You're just like, home runs, he would be popular, but I know. Yeah. What you mean. <laughs> yeah. It, it doesn't, I feel, I feel like I'm not caught up and I did pick some rookies this year to, to kind of, after reading about them, I was like, well, I'm going to target this guy and this guy um, and just hope. And then at the end of the year, everybody's like, Oh, they were okay. You know, they were, mm-hmm. and I was like, I mean, from my point of view, they had pretty good seasons. They looked so, good to uh, me. Who'd you pick yeah. out? I chose Mountcastle and Carlson. Dylan Carlson and Ryan Mountcastle. Yeah, and then, of not- course, uh, I'll always buy Rangers stuff, even though that's pissing money away. Oh, did whatever. you get um, Garcia? Is that Garcia, the center fielder? Did you buy any of his stuff? Uh, no. Who, 
Y'all had that center fielder who's like a 28 year old rookie who just like smashed. Oh, like oh, Adolis Garcia. Yeah. 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 Adolis Garcia. Yeah. I did. I picked up some like dollar, $2, whatever, because I thought he might really win rookie of the year. And then, right. Didn't yeah. Even, didn't even rate. Yeah. So, well, yeah. Mount Castle, I think people like Mount Castle. I think that's supposed to be a good one. Mount Castle, people are still high on. Now, he's not like Tatis level, you know, but right. people seem to like him pretty good. Yeah. I figured those, you know, I, I don't, I figured those were pretty safe bets. Um, the other guy I bought was Trevor Rogers for the Marlins, of course, uh, as a yeah. pitcher, which doesn't cost anything. But I thought, man, he was really good, so I'll, I'll just give it a shot. I, I admittedly don't watch a lot of baseball. Um, if I'm, if if there's nothing else on, it goes football, hockey, distant baseball, and then basketball is like the bottom of the barrel of sports that I'll be willing to watch. You know? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I. I feel like the baseball is I feel like I am not old enough to enjoy baseball fully and I'm also <laughs> not young enough to understand like the advanced metrics of of the game now and and really what you look for in a, in oh, a player. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, because you know, I really fell into the advanced metrics because I was right at the end of high school going into college you know and you have time and i'm like on blog sites online and that's how i learned right. about it and that's a special time to me like i i know that i learned a lot about baseball from some actually great baseball i mean names that people know in the sabermetric right. circles and it was a very unique experience to get to do that but i could certainly see where if i was even just five years older i would have i literally people would talk to me about war and i would just glaze over like I, today mm -hmm. you know i could 100 percent see that that makes a lot of sense yeah, when I was a kid, my grandparents would would uh, score games in the program, yeah. and I still have a bunch of those because they would go to Indians games, and I have like it, programs from the '60s and where they filled in the box score oh, and, so cool. and scored it. And and I never understood how any of that worked. And then now, like I don't know if anybody even does that, but uh, I'm like, can anybody really tell me what war is? Like, is there a guide that says? Like, here's the definitive way that we calculate what war is. There's different ways to calculate it. Because I'm Carlos is big on this, he hates it because, you know, it's calculated different ways. But it's more or less, you know, close. Right. Um, so I just think, like, trying to explain war to my grandfather, you know, and he's like, wow, did he hit 40 doubles this year? And you're like, yeah. no, Grandpa. <laughs> you know, but he had an OPS of whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I mean, the way stats went, Yeah, I mean – really war is like a filtering stat you you get all the stats you can for all these lines of players and you filter by war and then your top 10 that's probably actually your top 10 players then you can go look at their stats and figure out why they were top 10 and what about them made them good you know you figure out out along yeah. the way but you know more or less it should line up logically that oh yeah it checks out he was probably the best player in baseball these were the top five players you know sure i see i see you know i I, I try to just keep my collections to the guys I think are surefire Hall of Famers or that have a a local tie-in. Um, but uh, try, trying to figure out who to collect or who I want or would like I enjoy watching is, is kind of how I'm doing it with baseball. I, I just can't. 100%, man. Yeah. Well, for me, like a lot of my baseball is really, I guess, prospecting. And like, I actually buying a lot of Boba Shett right now. I'm like, I like Boba Shett's game. His prices mm -hmm. seem low, so I'm gonna buy Boba Shett. Like, that's literally the equation that happens in my head. Right. I like the way he play. His prices are low. I buy him. You know, I mean, that's yeah. it. And, and that, um, that's a yeah. that's a perfectly valid way to go about doing that. That's what I I should probably just do. I like Jordan Alvarez. Love, but Jordan. apparently that's not, you know, 
that's not a guy who's has any future. <laughs> well, they, well, look, and now we're getting a little bit into it, but like, you know, pitchers, people say don't buy pitchers and people don't like really DHs apparently. Mm-hmm. I don't really get it. People, I, it seems the hobby actually likes Jordan. I actually think that if Jordan really plays well and has a great career, he, his prices will actually do well. You know, Frank Thomas is a guy like that. Now he's, yes. a, you know, junk wax era and he, then he's, you know, um, supplemented because he has a, an error card that's highly sought after, you know, but Frank Thomas is a name in the hobby, mm-hmm. uh, even though he kind of fits that bill. But Jordan, the one concern about Jordan is he's, I think he's had surgery twice on that knee or he's, he's injured it twice on the same knee. Oh, okay. So it's like, you know, he's a big guy and, you know, we'll see what happens, but it's just a little bit of caution. That's all. Okay. I mean, you know, he's, he's extort like very cheap. I think all of those guys from yeah. that class are when you go back and look at it. Yeah. But, uh, uh, with, as far as baseball goes, I, I, I just try to like stick to just a couple of people. And if I think, oh, that's kind of, you know, an interesting buy, then I'll, I'll do it. I, I do not do process prospecting unless it's a Rangers prospect um, because I just, again, I don't know enough about the game to say, well, this number one overall pick will, will never be anything but a utility infielder, you know, or, right. or whatever. Yeah, well, I, I'm really with you and I actually am more and more so that way about every sport now where I'm like, I'm not buying anyone until I'm certain like they're good, mm. you know? Okay. Yeah. I'll pay a premium, but I also won't pay for bad players. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. I trust my eye when it comes to hockey and football, especially football. I feel yeah. like as much football as I watch and and as in depth into the game as I get, which is why I collect like offensive linemen and stuff like that. Um, sure. I, I think that uh, I, I trust myself when it comes to those guys. I wouldn't trust myself with, with baseball. Yeah. Football is on a whole different tier. I would I probably trust myself with basketball more than anything, but that's just because yeah. it's so obvious, you know, but I don't buy a lot of basketball, so it doesn't even matter that I trust myself or not. So, <laughs> yeah, I, but, uh, I, I saw, I, I watched a lot of basketball sports card content um, uh, just cause it, it's so prolific. That's 80% and of the content. Yeah. It is. It's also extraordinarily toxic. Uh, just the highs and lows and the, the way that is such a flippers market and people are so get so bent out of shape so quickly about the basketball, about basketball in general. I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah. I'm, I agree with you a hundred percent Wes. This is something I probably dawned on me about three, four months ago. You know, when I started my very first uh, Dakota's convo sports cards, convos episode, which is what this is. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when I, you know, right before that, I had the revelation. I'm like, I'm tired of making this content. This content is ass. I'm tired of it. It's boring. And yep. that was very much kind of the status quo, you know, flipper basketball content, you know. And now I've moved off of it, and it seems to do well now, you know, well enough. Anyway, the community likes it. That's and good. I think that's the future. You know, I don't like – I'm 100% with you. I don't like this basketball, the way all that content's done. I hate it. I think it's <laughs> – I think it's a waste of time, but it seems to be the same 20 people just exchanging the same hype. It's almost like, um, that they, they have all decided that this month we're all going to talk about Kevin Garnett or I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, Durant, Durant. Thank you. Well, Garnett too. He had his day about eight months ago. So yeah. Yeah. And it, and it, and it just seems to rise and fall with their, with their whims. Um, and it, it does feel like that market has kind of been, um, manipulated a lot more than, than than other markets it's really easy to do and i mean that's why i love about all these fo- these football cards man ain't nobody talking about them no 
Yeah, I mean, you probably yeah, haven't. What, what, once a guy's been retired for five years, and then they get their Hall of Fame bump, and then it's church. Unless they're a media presence, you know. And that's okay. I don't mind. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, you know. right right before you and I started talking, I released a video today, and it's, it's you know, the thumbnail is 90s and 2000s football inserts are, are too cheap. And then I just showed from Comsey all these 90s and, fo- and 2000s football inserts I got for, I mean, less than a dollar, less than $2. Awesome. I mean, it's, you know, nothing. And it's Peyton Manning. It's Randy Moss. It's Jerry Rice. It's the biggest names in football. It's not Tom Brady. And you're paying yeah. nothing. You know, but these basketball cards, mm-hmm. you get the fifth, sixth best guy of the generation. His inserts are through the roof, man. His inserts are thousands of dollars. This is yes. crazy, man. It's yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. But, you know, to each their own. and. People are going to do that, but I, I don't want any part of that that sort of toxicity uh, when it comes to that basketball market. That's just a, a whole thing that I don't I don't want a part of. Yeah, well, and just I mean, even more to your point. I mean, a big reason why I'm doing this football thing, I'm trying to I'm trying to move the right way. You know, there's my name <laughs> right there, and then there's right. a Jim Brown, there's Bernie Sanders, but <laughs> but yeah, I looked at the Namath prices. It was two thousand dollars, which I don't I do not spend that kind of money on a card. But I I just looked at it and I'm like two grand, that just doesn't make sense. You're mm-hmm. telling me that's like literally that is the single best football card, and it's two thousand like that. That's yeah. ridiculous. That seems absurdly cheap, and that's mm-hmm. why I bought both of those. Now I can't get a Nagurski. Nagurski is like ten grand, but right. Um, you know that's different. That's 1933. It's a little bit different, but you know that that's the whole thing to me is like all this Hall of Fame stuff we're talking about with football and, and the defense. There's just so many great players out there. That you, you can add to your collection and, and really be happy with, and it's just pennies, you know, for football. Yes, hundred percent. I I was talking about my Hall of Fame QB collection earlier, yeah. and Namath is like the one guy I'm going to struggle uh, with because I, I I don't think he's that great, and I don't understand why that rookie card is so sought after. I understand the media market he played in, and and you know, again, uh, the story of the NFL can't be told without the story of Jay Namath, but like, I. Coming across, like I'm gonna have to get like an authentic rookie for just like a couple of hundred bucks to feel, you know, okay about purchasing that. Name it, you know, the guarantee that they're gonna beat the Colts that probably saved the NFL. That's a big that's, reason. And then on top of that, with this card in particular, it's a tall boy. It's a bright yellow color. It's vibrant. So one, it's it's eye appealing, but two, it doesn't store well. A lot of them get damaged over time and things like that. So it, then. Now you've added rarity to the card, rarity behind mm-hmm. the story, a rarity behind a guy who, you know, launched the NFL into the, the prime time. Um, and so that's why. And Unitas, I mean, he's not, or excuse me, Namath, he's not a top, he's not a top eight quarterback of all time, probably not a top 10, uh, but he has slept on for how good he was. It's just, you know, the errors are different. Yeah. And uh, he, he took a, he took a beating playing. Uh, he, he did. You know, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I get it. I understand it. I'm going to have to get one someday to complete that collection or other, otherwise just side-eye it forever. Yeah. Um, but that's going to be the toughest one. It's it's a hard one to get. And, you know, I mean, who doesn't want a quarterback in their collection who wore, you know, a mink coat on the sidelines? I mean, come on. You know? <laughs> and pantyhose. And pantyhose. <laughs> yeah, and pantyhose. 100%. 100%. Yeah. yeah, that was funny. I want to show you this. You talked about Jordan. Uh, yes. So I was talking to Nia. This is Hell, I don't know, man. Eight months ago, he buys a purple Topps Chrome Refractor Vlad Guerrero Jr. for like three grand, two grand. I don't know, man. And then I looked up yeah. Jordan. It was two hundred bucks and a Jim Mint nine five. I said, "All right, nice. That's a that's pretty purple. card." Yeah, the purple number that two, orange. Oh, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. It really does, right? Yeah. It really does. And it's numbered at two ninety nine, and I was like, you know, just to your point about Jordan, so cheap, man. I was just like, yeah. I mean, I like Jordan. I'll buy it. Sure. That sits in my yeah. desk. I always have that one up here. <clears throat> How do you? Uh, do you? So you're an Astros fan, obviously. Yeah. Um, do you find so that seems to me like you can get a lot of good players for very, very inexpensively because people hate the Astros <laughs> and, yeah. you know, anything they come from. Is that, is that just a personal PC that you go after? Oh yeah. Anything I buy Astros, I'm just holding on to. I mean, the Jordan, who knows if we trade him in five years and he goes to the Yankees and his cards explode, you know, I would sell it, you right. know, but if he's an Astro for a long time, you know, I'm just going to keep it and happy to have that as my Jordan card. Um, so the Astros now are hated and the Astros before that were always forgotten. Right. So it's, it's weird and it sucks. Um, yeah. But I did buy a lot of Correa this year because I knew he was not going to be an Astro for long and that's going to change. And people are going to realize like he might be the best shortstop in this generation full of some of the best shortstops of all time. Like it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I think I'll, I'm probably going to make money on Correa. At least I'm planning to. Uh, but when you look back at older stuff, the thing that I guess I've enjoyed the most about it, is like I get to build a pretty awesome Bagwell collection. But what's nice about Bagwell is because he won that 94 MVP, he's then in like all the sets in the 90s with all the cool inserts. And yeah. so now I'm basically buying like the cheapest card in all those sets. So I get I get that hobby history of having all these cool inserts. And I get the nostalgia of it being my favorite player, Jeff Bagwell. Yes. But I get the benefit of also it's like dirt cheap because no one else is buying him. So like it just yeah. it's a win-win for me. You know, it all works yeah. out. Hundred percent. Yeah, of all those '90s inserts, Jeff Bagwell does seem to be on the lower lower end of that stuff, and that's that's something I definitely enjoy collecting is weird '90s inserts, like the weirder Frank Thomas, Tony Gwynn, Cal Ripken, yeah. Kirby Puckett stuff that I can find, the better. Like, give me that card printed on wood, you know? Like, I'm a hundred percent behind that. Those weird gimmicks. I showed this big in the live stream. Oh, let me turn. It it's a little Excuse bit easier me. to see. Uh, well, um, my buddy, Ryan McClanahan, you may have seen him. Um, he's got a channel and stuff, but he, he kept talking to me about Don, uh, diamond Kings and, and gridiron Kings and all this stuff. And it got me looking back through my collection and these are all really cool. And this one doesn't look that cool. Yes. I get it. I'm going to go big screen here just for a second. You know, no this problem. is a Bagwell from 92, but this mm-hmm. was a painting, you know, by uh, Dick Perez. It's signed by the, the, the guy on there. And then he does a lot of them and some of them are cool. Ryan sent me this one. Like that's a pretty cool Maddox, you know, and this is dirt cheap. But the one I really like that he sent me, and it's freaking awesome, is this Frank Thomas. It's so cool, man. This is like ni- this is nineteen ninety three, and it has like a a sapphire. Root. Yeah, yeah. Rudy. I mean, look at that card, man. That's I would one hundred percent own that. Hundred percent. So yeah, that's a great one, man. And here's if you want a football one, that's two thousand and two Brady. That's and an that's awesome card. One. That was actually a painting, and uh, I've actually I always loved that card. I actually had that. From 2002, I've had that card. I mean, a, a, a second, third year Brady. That's a that's an awesome gridiron king. I've never seen that one before. That yeah. would be something I would hunt. This that is whole a, set, I love that stuff. I am, you know, we talked earlier on. Uh, I talked about like I want to buy some more wax to rip on the channel. I'm really looking for O2 stuff. Uh, O2 stuff is like it, you know, 2000 is so important because of Brady rookies. I get that. But 02 is the year he's actually like in every set. Like that's the year you want to start buying wax and football because that's yeah. his first appearance in like every set that's not Bowman and, and contenders, you know. Right. Isn't uh, the SP or the SPX of that year, isn't that his first um I know it's not his rookie card, but 
there was it's like a short print or a very low print card of his and it's super popular uh from sp i'm not sure I, I off the top of my head i don't know it i mean it may well be out there i'm not i'm sure it's an expensive card and i'm not really in that market i mean the big one that i like and is gaining a lot more traction is the 2002 tops that's his first tops appearance and then of course the tops chrome get, is getting right. a ton of love right um, those so. things are crazy yeah i mean luckily see i mean that's stuff that i like man and so luckily yeah. a year ago i bought that i bought a lot for 80 dollars. i got the 2002 tops chrome and the 2002 tops and then like nice. six or seven other brady's and like now i think the top when i bought that the top chrome went for 80 bucks i was like oh this is just a, a dub you know awesome and now i think the tops chrome is like 200 dollars plus raw it's raw uh, yeah. and that one's actually in pretty good condition i thought about grading it but uh, i'm not like that's what I, I i'm never gonna get rid of that card i like having yeah. the first tops chrome brady's card like that's cool to me you know i, I want that that's that's awesome i would definitely get it graded just to have it that's yeah. what i do with with my my pc stuff uh, i have a whole stack of stuff that i'm looking forward to sending i've done ps or i've done csg and i love their cases i love sgc i think those are they're fantastic um but i'm waiting for i really want to send some of my rpa stuff to bgs I, think i get the fairest grade there um yep. yeah i i i'm a fully support a lower cost piece graded pc collection you know yeah i'm i'm, I'm with you 100 percent. all those football inserts i've been picking up you know i'm like i think i just send these at csg for 12 bucks a piece and you know kind of yeah. keep the ones that i want and see if i can move the rest to just kind of pay for the whole thing and just be yep. happy with that you know and i, I think they're probably going to drop to eight dollars a card here pretty soon Oh, well, let me wait for a second then. Why yeah. do you think that? So uh, the way PSA is trending their prices down, and I, I really think that um, within the next six months, they're hoping to have a value option. I don't know if it'll be under $30, but I think that there, as everybody says, there definitely will be a ripple effect uh, that'll affect SGC and CSG. Um, you disagree? No, no, I agree 100%. I can't, I can't get over. I just, yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. Um, yeah. So, and, well, uh, I'll say, I'll go, no, yeah, please finish. Yeah. I, I was just going to say um, that, that having that value option of PSA, like BGS is going to do what BGS does. They're, they're just, they're going to march their own ridiculous drummer and, and yeah. fall further and further behind. But um, so you can't really count on them for anything. But I think SGC is the swiftest and are working smartest of all of these grading companies and i think csg with their their connection to fanatics is a is a, a good long-term hold uh, they got to fix the label as everybody has said a million times but i don't have a problem with the label i think the label's fine um but i think uh they are going to have to drop their prices on bulk submissions in order to, to stay valid to stay with PSA because once PSA drops prices man we've already seen all those group submitters fill up overnight when they drop to 100 bucks you know and I, I yeah. do have cards that would be worth $100 but I'm not going to spend that right now right you know I, I I'm just with you man I love SGC and uh, CSG has really grown on me to the point where like I might actually like CSG more than SGC uh, there's things I like about SGC in, in my collection and things like that and I mean I don't know it to me it's really a toss-up at this point like Everybody seems to respect CSG's grading. People say they're actually too strict, which does yes. suck. I hope they fix yeah. that. Um, you know, but at least they're not lenient. At least that means that the, well, what this means to me, and this is why I'm shaking my head. I just bought a card for $70 that in the same grade sells for 350 
in a PSA label. The yep. same grade, you know, it's Jim Mint. So CSG 9.5 versus a PSA 10. Yeah. And I'm like, this is, this is ridiculous. I don't, what are you people doing? You're everyone yes. sitting here bitching that CSG grades too hard. Yep. Then you should be buying Jim Mint CSGs, understanding that those would cross as tens. Yep. And if, if, if there's a 200, I mean, I mean, damn near a $300 difference, you know, $280 difference between the two. Like, what are you doing? That's way too low. Yeah. Um, I so, love yeah. buying CSG under, or uh, probably undergraded CSG slabs. Uh, one of my grail cards from my childhood is the, um, is the 84 FLIR update Kirby Puckett. Mm. Uh, let me pull that out real quick if I can. Um, once you see the card, you'll be like, oh yeah, that one. Um, but I bought this. I saw somebody sent it into CSG. Oh yeah. Can you see that all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. It's perfect. And it's a nine. Yep. This is my grail card. This is the card I always wanted. Um, and it was $200 less than a lower graded PSA. Oh. And I was like, why, why wouldn't I buy this? Because I know CSG is hard. And so if this is a PSA 9, if I decide to cross over, like, that's such a huge win. That's a $350 yeah. card or more, you know, just because they're relatively it's, short print. So It's crazy, I, man. Yeah. <clears throat> and so I troll my slabs. I troll eBay for CSG 9.5s and 9s, especially vintage stuff. I just think that that is it's awesome. Um, I'm eyeballing a, a Drew Pearson rookie in a CSG slab, like a 7, you know. And I'll, I'll, I'll jump on that if that hits the price I, I want to pay. Man. Yeah, that stuff is so cheap. And, I, you know, I, I actually think CSG low-key is a really good play for a lot of really cheap stuff, too. Because I've been looking at these, you know, I talked about, I want to, I want to uh, put these football cards in CSG slabs. Well, I'm like, well, let me go see what's out there on the market right now because I'm fine with holding them long-term because yep. some people, I mean, they're getting the stuff in nines at CSG, which is not easy to do. And then selling it for less than the cost of grading. Yes. And I'm like, dude, I'm buying that. I'm all yep. over it, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All day, every day. And I think, man, they, you can't beat this holder. It's, it's so nice. Right. The CSG one. Yeah. Yeah, it's great, right? It's so good. So nice. But it's so good. You know, we're just yelling into the ether because the basketball folks are like, whatever, man. PSA. I like PSA. Yeah. Money. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> flip, flip, flip. Yeah, yeah, I just can't do any of that stuff. That's it. So, uh, Wes, it's it's been a pleasure, man. It's absolutely great to meet you, sir. Yeah, it's been fantastic. It's such a good conversation, and I hope we get to do this again sometime. I didn't know you were such a big uh, football defensive guy. We're going to have to do this again. We're going to have to do this, you know, every six months just so I get caught up <laughs> on all the defensive news, man. Yeah. I'll just tell you I'm trying to collect every Aaron Donald uh, auto that I can find. So, <laughs> hey, once I'm living, it's a better play than people probably think it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, man, I'll just keep buying my thing and not caring what other people, you know, what, what other people are trying to flip. I'll just do my thing. Do you have, um, either a Twitter or Instagram or anything where, you know, if people want to reach out, uh, I do have both. I don't do any card stuff on either one. Uh, okay, my, well, my, don't worry about it then. yeah, my, my card uh, collecting is, is, uh, it, <clears throat> that's, that's just something I keep separate. I don't do any, any of that stuff publicly. All right. So, yeah. Okay. This will any, be the most public thing I do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This, yeah. Here you go. Any thoughts uh, you want to share before we do uh, call this one a wrap? 
no, I just want to say thanks for having me on. I really appreciate your content. I think you're a good dude um, who has a lot of wonderful insights and a lot of good ideas. And uh, I just look forward to, to keeping an eye on things and keep watching you do your thing. I mean, I got more bad ones than good ones, but I'll take it. Thanks so much, Wes. I appreciate the kind words. No problem. It was a pleasure, man. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.